This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spread it like this. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Markin' Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. This is episode 585. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. And on this podcast, we also have the B to the G, Brandon, and also the... One, the only Chris. What? But, you know Chris isn't here this week. What do you mean? Well, every other, every other time. You know, I'm just wishful thinking. I was hoping that he would uh, be here. But, okay, spoiler, he's not here. But, make sure you check us out, markanout.com. You can check out all of the previous episodes. Make sure that you're subscribed. Make sure you're downloading. Leave us a review. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Send us an email. Check us out on Twitch and all of that good stuff. Hey, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Doing uh, good. Doing good. Hey, how was your week though? How was your week? How was your Passover? It was uh it was pretty good for the first time in almost thirty-three years. I don't think we've ever done a Passover Seder together. This was the uh first one at your house. First time in forever. No, not in forever. Yeah. First time. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean first time in forever. I mean, no, it's been I forever. don't think we've ever had a Passover Seder together. I feel like we did as a kids. Once, I don't remember. Maybe. I don't recall ever going to pass. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's been a long time since you read that uh, that story. What the story? Gotta, it's not been a long time. Story. What do you mean? I heard it last year. Passover last year happens every year. Oh, you still read from the book? I mean, last year I was home for it. My I this was the first one that I I would have attended without my grandma. Ah, last year we did it over, uh, not Zoom, but something equivalent to Zoom, mm-hmm. and they read from the Haggadah. Ah, I always like reading from the Haggadah and getting like the family together. It's always, I don't know, I like that tradition a lot. Where's Maxwell House get off? Where like how, how does everybody have that? Where is that from? Why does everyone have it? Do they get it for free? I don't know. Do we yeah, buy these? I mean, <laughs> you, get it, you get it for free, but I don't know how... Does Maxwell House have the... like? Did they corner the market on I, I have no idea. the story? Because it's like, no matter where you go... Like, I've been to very religious versions of a Passover Seder. And I've yeah. been to not-so-religious versions of a Passover Seder. And they all have the Maxwell House Haggadah. You know, Maxwell House really cornered the market on the Haggadah, you know? They might even be the only people that print it. I have no idea. I don't know about that. I mean, who did they have to go for the copyrights of that? 
Moses? Uh, it, it, like, says, it says it debuted in 1932 as part of a marketing campaign for Maxwell House Kosher for Passover Coffee. Ah. Very interesting. And copies so, were distributed in store with a purchase of a Maxwell House coffee set you would get. Or not a coffee set, just coffee you would get a Haggadah. And then well, it, it, it says it became the best known and most widely used in American Jewish homes. Well, there so you go. bizarre, very bizarre. It was all a, all a marketing ploy. Very bizarre, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bizarre. Everybody, they got uh, candy coated uh, eggs and everything. We got a Haggadah for free. Yeah, right. <laughs> but <laughs> but it was great, you know, uh, getting everybody together. And I'm still, I, I still love your your mom's cooking. That that noodle pudding was incredible. It was. Um, we it still was have matzah, brother. Matzah, of course, but you know the it's one of those things where I feel bad finishing it because we have leftovers. So I feel bad finishing it because I don't want it to end. Right. It's it's that good of status of food. I had that happen today where I was able to grill up some steaks this week. Uh huh. It was decent this week weather wise. Today is not so good. Not rainy, but. Uh, but I, I finished the last of my grilled steak this week, and it was like, or not this week, today, and I'm like, yeah. I wish I had more. Yeah, no, I I feel bad. Like, it's so, so good. I just had a little bit f- with my dinner, and I I really feel bad finishing all of it because you saw how many pieces I took at that dinner table. It's very easy it's, to make. I, I have to give, I want to give it a shot. And also the chocolate-covered matzah. That was unbelievable. Um, you got that that crunch in it, and just really good. Then I do see what you're talking about. You mentioned that there was a uh, like a, a I don't know what I forgot what you said like a burnt taste, <laughs> well, the, right? The toffee was burnt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so the toffee was has that. I don't need to get taste. To, I don't need to get into family politics here, but uh, no, no, no. You're calling out but a recipe. I, here. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it that way. I don't like because I remember you mentioned that. But to me, it tasted great, and that that uh, flavor to it only added to it. So I was a huge fan for all of that, um, and of course the brisket. You, you can't go wrong with brisket. So you can go very wrong with brisket. Thankfully, your mother did not go wrong. With it. <laughs> <laughs> that is very, very true. You can go very wrong with brisket, but yeah, but yeah, Passover was great. It passed over us, and you got some grilling. <laughs> I did not do some grilling, but. We did have a Monday Night Raw take place, so let's talk about some sports entertainment and get to Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which opened with Seth Rollins, who invited Cody Rhodes to come out, which that, where I just said that sentence reminded me of the Passover Seder. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) But uh, Seth Rollins was going to tell Cody how much he had like respect for his family and whatnot. But then he wanted to also remind him that he made Cody a star in one night at WrestleMania. 
And Seth brought up Cody having the advantage at WrestleMania. He knew his opponent. Seth Rollins didn't know his opponent. And then Seth Rollins basically said that he's better at everything than Cody Rhodes is. And Cody was out there, pulled the crowd to see who was better. Obviously, the fans choose Cody. And then Seth Rollins said maybe Cody can have a surprise opponent for the main event of Monday Night Raw. And Cody agreed to that. And I I feel like we should have seen this coming, especially based off yes. the you know based off the dark match it, that took place. Right. It's a we should, yeah, we should have known. Yeah. But after this, we went into some action. Team Bad picked up the victory over Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan to retain. Um, this was I thought it was a good match. It was a good opener. Yeah, there were some good double-team moves from both teams. I liked Rhea Ripley hitting the Riptide on the barricade to Sasha Banks. But um, I think the bigger thing here was the aftermath, which I think everybody saw coming, but it still hurts. It does. I mean, we had to see it coming, but Rhea Ripley turned on Liv Morgan following the match. Um Rhea Ripley, full-blown heel now. Um, it was only a matter of time, though. You know? It's... I don't know. I feel bad because I feel like Liv Morgan is not... I don't... I don't... Liv Morgan, back at Royal Rumble, she... And then there was so many other occurrences where Liv Morgan just didn't get that opportunity. Now she's going to be in a feud with Rhea Ripley. But then I don't know what they're going to do with her. They have to pull the trigger at some point with Liv Morgan. Yeah, and afterwards, Rhea Ripley was interviewed, or not even interviewed. She was asked about the attack, and she said she doesn't owe anybody an explanation. Nah. After that, Sonya Deville said she was forced into power. She came out, cut a promo, and now she's finding her way back to being a WWE superstar. And she saw a window of opportunity and took it. And she was just giving Bianca Belair a challenger. I mean, and she's, hey, I, we said it last week. I am happy that she is the challenger. And I thought that this was a great promo. Yeah, I thought so too. And Bianca Belair came out and Sonya Deville's like, I'm an official. You can't lay hands on me. And Belair was like, screw the pay-per-viewer whenever. Let's do the match right now, right here on Monday Night Raw tonight. And Sonya Deville turned it down. It's going to be next week, she announced, in Bianca Belair's hometown. And then Bianca Belair picked her up to hit the the KOD, and Deville threatened to have her suspended. So Bianca Belair drops her, yeah. And then Sonya Deville, later on, she asked Adam Pearce about what... um, what he's going to be doing about Bianca Belair putting hands on her. And Adam Pierce is like, well, there's going to be an, an investigation due to how she handled things last week. And then Bianca Belair showed up to pay her fine, which was just $1. And I thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. And then she, Sonya Deville was just like, what's that? And he was just like, um, it, it was in the contract or whatever he said. Yeah, but I that was funny. Yeah, by the, it was in the books or whatever. But next up, you had Veer continue his dominance on Monday Night Raw, picking up a victory over Jeff Brooks. Um, 
obviously it's just another showcase for Veer. Yeah. But yeah, we got that was the million really dollar arm again, and that's really all I can ask for. <laughs> and then much like last week, after the, the match was over, Veer locked in that camel clutch twice again before it got broken up. Yeah, he's becoming a deadly man. After that, we had the KO show where Ezekiel was the guest. Chad Gable was with Kevin Owens to run the lie detector test that they were doing. So Ezekiel made his way out. And this, I I could, I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of people that that hated it. I saw one person in particular say that this was like such a garbage segment. This was by far one of the most entertaining segments I've ever seen. I totally agree with you. Even I thought that this was very entertaining. Ezekiel going, I just have one question. Who yeah. wants to hear Zeke speak? And I popped in that <laughs> big time because obviously everybody knows Elias sets that up and says, who wants to walk with Elias? Exactly. But Chad Gable running this I thought was absolutely brilliant. His interactions between Kevin Owens and Ezekiel I thought were just brilliant. And Yeah, and Gabe, Gable was I I was is continued to be fantastic in this. He totally shined in this. Yeah, um, and Ezekiel kept passing the questions, so Kevin Owens got pissed off and made Chad Gable leave. And Ezekiel's like, "I'm just tired of being called a liar by the biggest liar in WWE." And Kevin Owens gives him an ultimatum of either stop lying and. When he went to go leave the ring, Gable attacked him. So, Ezekiel ends up picking up the victory over Chad Gable via disqualification. Yeah. Which, uh, I was enjoying the match until Otis interrupted and attacked Ezekiel. I yeah, I, I was, was fine with that and I, I enjoyed the attack. I was uh, I was looking forward to seeing what Ezekiel's finisher would be. Huh. Would you repeat? Would you do the same move? But no, it's got to be something different. I well, I mean, it doesn't have to be. We saw Kane and Undertaker, quote unquote, fake brothers or whatever brothers. Yeah, they basically use the same moves. Yeah, Matt and Jeff. I would use Matt and Jeff use the same moves. (laughs) (laughs) I would use the same move and just change the name. Well, I mean, it fits with the gimmick. Yeah. I mean, do you have to even change the name though? I would say I yeah. I don't think so. I would I would I would change the name. Kind of like how he changed his ring name. I, I was waiting to see Ezekiel do one of like those Undertaker um tight wa- tight rope walks <laughs> moves. Nah, but after but... that we saw the Street Profits pick up the victory over RK Bro. Only because the Usos music hit. And the Street Profits took advantage of that. They hit the Doomsday Blockbuster to pick up the win over Matt Riddle. And then the Profits revealed that they were the ones that cued the music. And then they warned RK-Bro that they need to worry about them as well. It's not just the Usos. To me, this was a bit heelish. Maybe not heelish, like in between there. Yeah, I I agree with you. I feel like this was definitely a heelish tactic uh, by the Street Profits. But, hey, they want the smoke. 
Yeah. After that, we saw Edge and Damian Priest in a backstage promo where Edge explained that they haven't lived up to their true potential yet, and together they could potentially do that, and spoke about how Damian Priest didn't have a WrestleMania match this year after carrying Bad Bunny last year, and Edge said that he had to actually beg for a match this year. And then Edge challenged AJ Styles to a match at WrestleMania Backlash. Later on, AJ Styles, in the locker room, accepted the match. The lights start to flicker and then kind of go out and it's Edge and Damian Priest. And they beat they beat up AJ Styles. I, I like this. And the lights went off and it came on all blue. You know, I like this. Just totally laid him out. But I don't know. I hope that more people don't join this stable so quickly. I don't even want to call it a stable right now. Um, I know that you mentioned stuff about NXT wrestlers joining it, right? Well, we'll definitely talk about that later. Uh, I mean, we could get to it now. Might as well. You brought up the Grizzled Young Vets. I mean, it's a potential thing. I don't know. Um, they lost. And then, of course... Huh? They they lost. Yeah, but then people also were talking about Rhea Ripley and Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa and, not on Monday Night Raw this week. Yeah. I hope that nobody else joins this too quickly, you know? I don't want it to be like a Bullet Club or something like that, where or NWO, where everybody joins it so quickly what do you and mean? swamps Bullet the Bullet Club, it took... 20 years to, for everybody to join. Yeah, but I just don't want it to get overpopulated so quickly. I want it to just remain Edge and Priest for now. Let it develop. And then you could have somebody tease somebody coming in and then have that be revealed. Add that third person and then let time go and then have the next person. You don't need it all at once. I mean, that's so, how I figure. I think that's how stables develop, but well, that's the thing. I hope that it develops instead of just having. Well, hello, that's so how quickly. you have it develop. You have people join over time. Over time. After that, we Not saw so Austin quickly. Theory pick up the victory over Finn Balor to become the new U.S. champion. I thought it was a decent match, and I wish Finn Balor won. But I figured Austin Theory would be winning this match. I was I think sur- Theory. I guess maybe needed this win more so than Balor. I was surprised that Theory picked up the victory. Well, Especially because it was a Monday Night Raw. I feel like you shouldn't have been surprised at that, given his streak lately. Yeah, the streak and stuff, but things do occur, you know. Could have been a disqualif- uh, disqualification or something, but Theory did pick up the victory, and as you kind of made mention, he's just going by Theory. Yeah, but um, also, Balor was selling a neck injury throughout this whole match, so that led to the ending. Yeah. Afterwards, kind of goofy, Hurt Business, Alpha Academy, Apollo Crews, Commander Aziz, and T-Bar all came out to celebrate like he was Lex Luger or Bret and Hart. I disagree with Bret you. Hart I disagree Luger? with you. I, I, yeah, Lex Luger. I disagree with you on it being, uh, what did you say, corny? I said goofy. Goofy. I disagree about that part because I actually, that's, this is one of the parts that I liked. That all of the heels... He has no connection out. to any of them. It made no sense. 
There was no connections to anybody with Lex Luger when that happened. What do you mean? That's They were the baby faces. That's a specific thing. There was no connection at all. Baby no face. No connection to this. That's it. These are all heels. That was 1990-something. A different, hey. different atmosphere. I mean, you've had multiple times where people have celebrated with each other. I'm sure. I know Bret Hart, when he won, there's that time where they put him on they raised him onto the shoulders so how are you and gonna there say was no connection how, when i asked if it was bret hart you said no it was lex luger could have been either one no both of them well, both of them i mean you had owen hart get raised up on shoulders and you had all the heels come out there you're I naming like things I, from 20 years ago more than 20 okay. years ago it Almost doesn't mean 30 I don't years like ago it. doesn't mean i don't like it in fact i think it was 30 years ago hey doesn't mean i don't like it Vince McMahon also came out to take a selfie with Austin Theory to uh, celebrate as well. I'm not going to be able to just call him Theory. It's going to be difficult. But uh, after that, we had the 24-7 Championship Commitment Ceremony, which the 24-7 rules were, I guess, supposed to be suspended here. But yeah, they Los, were lifted. Los Lotharios were out there. Uh, Nikki A.S.H., they were part of it. And we saw Team Bad help Tamina. They were bridesmaids, I guess. Fans started wedding. But our truth I thought was so great to like kind of like simmer those what chance. I and mean, then they the ended up are always gonna happen. Yeah, and our truth asked for any objections and Tamina objected and then she switched Reggie with Tazawa and then she moved over to Dana Brooke and switched with Tazawa. And then she moved everything back to how it was, which I, I didn't really get that part. But Reggie, ends yeah, up- I didn't. It, you had the part where like they had the females together and the males together. Yeah, I didn't get that. But Reggie ends they were up like kissing tr- Dana Brooke, winning the title. Yeah, I didn't understand why they were switching everybody around. It didn't make sense to me. But like you said, yeah, you had the championship um, victory. Get, and then the championship kind of uh, just passed around. Yeah, Tamina kicked Reggie and won the, the title. Tazawa climbed under her dress to pin her, and he won. And then Dana Brooke came off the top rope and uh, won the title back and escaped on R-Truth's back, kind of like Carmella would have. Yeah. After that, Bobby Lashley was interviewed backstage. Prior to that, they aired a video of MVP with Almos. And the main thing here was him challenging Lashley to an arm wrestling match. So that, again, kind of sucks. Yeah, I know. But I'm still... I I like the fact that MVP is with Omos. Yeah, of course. Omos needs that that voice. He needs that mic. So, totally fine with that. Main event saw Cody Rhodes pick up the victory over Kevin Owens via countout. Um, Seth Rollins made his way back out during this match to watch it, but I liked the match. I thought it was pretty good. There was what well, one point the the senton that Kevin Owens did to Cody Rhodes' back I thought looked pretty nasty. And yeah. Seth Rollins at one point just yelled at Kevin Owens to get back in the ring, and Kevin Owens like, screw this, no. this is your match. Yeah, Kevin Owens, I mean... Seth Rollins was getting very vocal with him and uh, starting to throw insults at Kevin Owens. And Kevin Owens, like you said, he was just like, no, not going to happen. I'm out. 
And then just totally walked away. Yeah. And then Cody Rhodes went to the top rope to celebrate his victory. And Seth Rollins ran back after that and uh, went up, pushed Cody off the top rope and, and Cody landed on the outside. Yeah. It was a good way to end Monday Night Raw, I thought. Yeah. But let's get on to some NXT kicking off with our tag team champions. Pretty deadly on the mic. Um, I was impressed with their mic skills. That's that's a positive. Yeah. But they were cut off by grizzled young veterans and spoke about not being even involved in the gauntlet match last week. And had they... Been in the gauntlet match, they would have won and come out as champions. So they wanted a shot at the titles. Legato Del Fantasma came out and brawled with Grizzled Young Veterans. Later on, Pretty Deadly ran into Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. 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 That's like a New York thing to have pronounced it. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) Persia Parada. And they asked Pretty Deadly for a match. And they were, like, thinking they were flirting and whatnot. And it turns out they wanted a match for Dexter Loomis and Duke Hudson. That gets made into the main event. Grizzled Young Veterans and Legato Del Fantasma gets turned into a match for later on as well. Uh, and, and then after that, Braun Breaker made his way out to the ring to call Joe Gacy out. And Gacy's voice appeared. Appeared? Can, can a voice appear? Ah. Not really. But he told Braun he told Braun to come find him, which I thought was very fiendish. It was like his face uh, was all over the NXT arena. And I mean, this totally was fiend. But I'm fine this with that. To- I'm not. I am not. Set yourself different. Set yourself apart. I said this last week. He's got a mouthpiece. This- he's got he's got he, there's no mask or anything hiding that. I it's it's too similar. Got to change it. It's not. I'm not a fan. Well, Brown Breaker found the cage where Rick Steiner was locked the other week and found an iPad or whatever it was, which had a message from Joe Gacy. And then even later, he wandered into some sort of funhouse, like multi-mirrored room, and he saw Joe Gacy in one of the mirrors. But then he turned around and Joe Gacy wasn't there. And we saw much later on in the night, Joe Gacy was looking at security cameras, and says it's time to end it. That doesn't come into a factor until the way, way end of NXT, which we'll speak about later. But the first match of the night saw Tiffany Stratton pick up the victory over Saray. Um, they, they ditched Saray's entrance, it seemed. Maybe cut for time? Yeah, we didn't get her full like transformative entrance. Yeah, I don't know what they're really, what's happening with her. I it's like they I don't know it's like they don't I don't know even if they know what they're doing with Saray. Well, it but seems Tiffany like they Stratton. do. Tiffany Stratton dodged Saray's dropkick here, and the match continues. And Stratton tried tried to hold on to Saray's leg, and Saray kicks her off, hits the dropkick. Tiffany Stratton rolls out of the ring, and when Saray got her back into the ring, she tried to hit a German suplex, and she held Tiffany Stratton held on to the ropes and reversed it. It ends up hitting that corkscrew splash and picks up the victory. I thought it was a surprising victory. I agree with you. I was not expecting 
uh, Surrey to get the loss in this one. I thought that Surrey was going to win. But, but I'm glad because to... now it seems like it'll continue. Yeah. I guess. After that, but... Grayson Waller was interviewed about his match with Sanga later on. And Andre Chase interrupted and then Sanga showed up and chased Grayson Waller to the ring. And their match that was supposed to take place later on got moved to right then and there. Grayson Waller picked up the victory. I thought it was a pretty chaotic segment altogether. I don't understand Sanga losing. because I he, agree with you. I, like, they build him as a beast, basically. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of Sanga losing this match, especially losing it clean. Uh, Sanga, to me, is just a powerhouse that could replicate something like a Braun Strowman. And for Sanga to lose to Waller... I'm not a fan of this at all, especially because considering how uh, scared Waller was, you know, I'm not a fan. He has, yeah, 100% when he showed up. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. After but that, next up, you had Legato pick up the victory over Grizzle de Young Vets. Which, by the way, I don't think they're being called Grizzle Young Veterans anymore. And they dropped their names. It's just Drake and um, Gibson now. Maverick. Maverick? Yeah. Drake and Maverick. Mm, is that no. right? No, it's not right. No, don't even think about it. No, it's not right. It's not it's right. Drake and Gibson. Yes, it's Drake and Gibson. Which, by the I'm way, I thought Drake this was Maverick. also don't... a very <laughs> chaotic match. What did you think about with this was chaotic? Uh, it was kind of all over the place where like the okay. referee the rules didn't really fully come into play and I wish mm-hmm. that the, the the outcome was different later on though off air WWE.com exclusive Grizzle Young Veterans were disappointed and, and I guess they're done with NXT and with the fact that they had their names shortened and changed it seems like the only place that they're going to be going is to either Raw or SmackDown. So that's why I said maybe they'd be a good fit in that Edge new, new brood. I would say no, not at all. They don't fit it. A hundred percent they would fit it. They're brawlers. How? What do you mean, how? They, they could brawl. How do they fit British into brawlers. A hundred percent. How do they fit into that You don't need dark... powers or anything. You don't need to shoot an arrow and have the screen appear to have uh, fire all over it. You turn Can them you, dark. I, you tell they're me. Not, you tell I'm me. Sorry. Prior to the ministry or the brood, Edge and Christian fit into the brood, or Edge and Christian fit into the ministry. Midian? That's how they started. Hello, Midian. That's how they. Midian started. was Midian. Uh, uh, a hillbilly. Did not. But Drake and Viscera. Uh, Gibson Have you seen Viscera prior n- to the to everything? They're not gothic. You, I'm, you I'm can't sorry. say I'm that not, Mabel wasn't I, gothic. I'm, I don't. I don't want to. I don't see it. Godwin wasn't to gothic. I don't want to see That's it. That's how things develop and change. It ruins them. They Edge, they have the grizzled they have young Mike veterans. Skills. They li- they literally for months they've tried. They they came to NXT two years ago at this point. They just got trying Mike to get skills, a title no. shot, and they keep losing. They keep. They came in. 
the the finals of the Dusty Classic twice now and lost. They keep losing championship opportunities. They're not being able to live up to their. They're not getting a. They're not getting to live up to their potential. Their their full potential. That's what Edge spoke about on Monday Night Raw. I understand Damian what Priest you're saying, I, but I still we can now don't want to see live it. up to our full potential. That's I a perfect storyline entrance for Grizzled Young Veterans to be in that group. I don't want to see them gothic. I understand what you're saying, but it's not it's gothic. Just, it's not even like a gothic it. thing. You don't have to turn them gothic. They could just wear uh, black. It doesn't dark. matter. They're not putting on eye makeup. Uh, Damien Priest and Edge. I mean, Damien Priest. Edge though. ain't putting on makeup. Damien Priest does. It's black and purple gear. Yeah. Not, not gothic. Uh, let's talk about Carmelo Hayes, though. Picking up the victory over Santos Escobar. Um, It was a solid match. Yeah, I thought it was going pretty good until the, the two people showed up and attacked Santos Escobar. Prior yeah. to the match, Santos spoke about Tony D'Angelo. And afterwards, Tony D'Angelo denied being involved. But commentary's like, who are these two people? And it's like, right away, how could you not assume that it's Tony D'Angelo's, like, henchmen or whatever? They're dressed with the, the bolo hats or whatever they're called. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have... Uh, but D'Angelo, D'Angelo denies it, and later on, Legato, he did make note of Legato's vehicle. He leaves, and Legato, when they get to their car, there's a dead fish on top and a boot on Legato's car. So... You can only assume that it was San, uh, Tony D'Angelo. I don't know where anyone else could possibly think it was anybody else. Mm. But after that, Carmelo Hayes cut a promo on Cameron Grimes. And Cameron Grimes came out and they spoke about Spring Breakin', which is going to be a uh, an NXT show in two weeks, I guess, a special episode. I thought it was Spring Break In. <laughs> But it's breaking, like spring breaking, like yeah, one word. But Cameron Grimes came out, and Solo Sokoa ends up attacking Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. He wants next, and a triple threat match was made for spring breaking between Solo Sokoa, Carmelo Hayes, and Cameron Grimes. Do you see Cameron Grimes losing to Solo Sokoa, perhaps? Um. I do. I think I think Sokoa, I think that pull the trigger on him. I think that he could win it. After that backstage, Diamond Mind was, or Roderick Strong was talking to Malcolm Bivens, but he first noted that Ivy Nile is in the UK for, I guess, maybe the next two weeks. Von Wagner is with her. Lash Legend and Damon Kemp are also in the UK. We don't know how they're going to be like, integrated just yet but they showed them on this week's episode of nxt uk but roderick strong spoke to malcolm bivens and basically said that if people don't agree with his vision of diamond mine or maybe not just of diamond mine just in general his vision that they're going to be an enemy or that they are an enemy so i don't know what's next in the cards for roderick strong as far as the feud goes but if you don't agree with him you're getting hurt. Get out. Yeah, get out. You're not safe. But next up, you had the one and only Natalia picking up a victory over Paxley. 
Uh, Natalia, coming on over to the other brand. Um, yeah, there was no way that Natalia wasn't going to lose this one. No, but, but I still enjoyed to, seeing this match, and I thought it it's very... It's nice to see Tatum Paxley get a chance against Natalia because Natalia is, I think, one of the best. It says it in her nickname, best of all time. Best of the best, both, boat, best. What does boat stand for? Best. Boat? <laughs> yeah, that's her nickname. Best of all time? Yeah, right. I was boat. trying to, I was putting the. Are you okay t- over yes. there? I was trying to put a, a T in front of one of the letters, I mean, and it wasn't making sense. Yes, best of all time. With the, from the Drake Maverick to the boat. Are you okay? Dr- you brought up Drake are Maverick. You getting... No, you brought yeah, up Drake you... Maverick. You're an idiot. You brought up the Maverick. Don't even try yeah, that. Yeah, I was making a sarcastic joke. It was not even close thinking about to being it. a joke. It was awful. It wasn't even close to being a joke. When you listen back, you're going to hear me no, tell you to no, don't no. even think about it. No, no. I heard that. But that yeah, was a you're terrible joke. Way too hard, it, wasn't, dude. it wasn't good. That wasn't a good. And now joke. this boat thing, dude. No. But Get Tatum Paxley got some got some good moves in here. Like you said, obviously Natalia was picking up that victory, but Natty ends up responding afterwards to what Cora Jade had said earlier in the night, and basically said that she was defending herself, not attacking Cora Jade. And then Nikita Lyons interrupted and challenged Natalia for a match next week. So that'll take place. That should be interesting. And I, I'm a big fan of Natalia versus the NXT women's locker room. I, I am I am for that. You know, I am totally for that. I think that's always great to get that experience factor in there. But after yeah. that, they aired another vignette video package for Nathan Fraser who will be debuting next week for NXT here in the United States. Part of me feels like he'll be facing Roderick Strong, but I don't know if that'll be the case. <sighs> I, It could be. but Earlier yeah. in the night, though, we saw Wesley being interviewed, and he feels lost. And Zion Quinn cut him off and wanted to teach him a lesson, so I guess they fully dropped everything that was going on with Zion Quinn, Draco Anthony, and Joe Gacy. And Zion Quinn went ahead and beat Wesley. I thought given that Wesley needed to kind of like prove himself to be a singles competitor, he would pick up the win here. But then on the other hand, it's like because he's feeling lost, maybe we'll see him form a tag team with someone else. They didn't really address Nash Carter being released, and I don't see why they would on air. Yeah, they they you can't, and um, you can't address it. Um, also they they ended up showing a package, uh, not a package. Well, yeah, I guess they recapped a Von Wagner from last week, and everything with Ikemajiro. Ikemajiro's out for a month. Von Wagner suspended, which now that I'm thinking about it makes no sense because he's in the NXT UK. <laughs> that makes no sense. But the the bigger thing here out of that storyline from last week is Kushida left WWE. Yeah, Kushida gave his notice. Which I think is unfortunate. I would like to have seen him used a, a lot more. I would have liked to have seen him be an NXT champion for sure, but... It's unfortunate. We'll see him probably show up in uh, New Japan. It seems only right. I could see that. 
Earlier on in the night, though, Roxanne Perez was interviewed um, after a vignette was was played about her growing up wanting to be a WWE superstar, playing all the video games, and then she was interviewed about her debut match next week, only to be cut off by Toxic Attraction, and JC was like, screw it, let's let's have your debut right right here tonight. And Perez was like, I'll figure it out. And they go on to have the match. Roxanne Perez, the former Roxy, picks up the victory over JC Jane. And uh, I liked this match. I liked that the crowd was chanting Roxy, I guess, as like a short name for Roxanne. Yeah, it still works with the... Very much so it works. Instead of being Roxy, it's Roxy. Yeah. <laughs> but Wendy Chu ends up appearing on the screen... And she tore apart the Toxic Lounge. And Roxanne was able to, off the distraction, hit the code red and pick up that victory there. So I thought it was a a nice way to have her debut on the actual show. I agree. I like that it was like uh, spur of the moment kind of a thing too. Yeah. You know, how how it wasn't originally planned that she has her debut match, but then it got spun into the debut match. So I like it. Yeah, they aired but the video up, package, and I'm like, hell yes, they're showing her on already. And then, yeah. and then they moved on to actually having her be interviewed, and she's like, well, I'm debuting next week. And then that everything happened. I'm like, hell yeah, it's happening tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's, that's awesome. That's really cool. And that's something that you don't really – I don't know if we've seen that before. You know, like the tease of a upcoming match, and then they're just like, you know what? Forget this. I mean, it happened doing earlier it in the night with Sanga and Grayson Waller, but – yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. But Sanga, we've been seeing. You right. know, Rox, Ro, Roxanne Perez, not as much. Not as much, not know? at all on, on NXT TV. Exactly, yeah. Not, I mean, people just Roxy, but not at all on NXT. So that's where it was kind of unique. But next up, you had Pre- Pretty Deadly pick up the victor over Dexter Loomis and Duke Hudson to retain the Tag Team Championships. Um, there was no way that... Dead, uh, pretty deadly was going to lose this. Yeah, and, no. Well, I shouldn't uh, say. I shouldn't say not at all because knowing WWE, that's something they could like in a snap yeah. do. But I like yeah. this match. I liked seeing Dexter Loomis and Duke Hudson actually working together, and people were like super behind both of them. Yeah. Every it, time there was, was like a near was fall, they were going nuts for that. Yeah, people love this tag team. Yeah, but uh, they they came up short. That match ends, and the end of NXT saw Joe Gacy, where the the lights went out, and he appeared in the crowd and called Braun Breaker out and said that all Braun had to do was ask for the ring back. And he'll return it if he can get a title shot at spring breaking, which Braun Breaker agreed to. And then Joe Gacy was like, there's just one more thing I need you to do. I need you to take a leap of faith. And he pushed Braun Breaker off that platform. He was surrounded by druids who did some weird, like, ring around the rosy gimmick. I did. <laughs> I didn't fully understand that. I don't know, like, if we'll see Braun Breaker next week. He's dressed in all black or something. I have absolutely no no clue what that was about. I thought that was. Now he's going to join the brood. No, He's I don't think he will, brood. but I thought that was <laughs> that was just bizarre. And this episode of NXT, to me, it kind of felt like it was three hours long. 
Like, there were some parts that dragged, some parts that were really good, but overall, it was like, this does not feel like a normal episode of NXT right now. This feels like forever. Something else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but well, uh, I liked, there was a good a, a good amount of good stuff. Yeah. But talking about good stuff, how about that NXT UK? It opened up with Sam Gradwell picking up the victory over Kenny Williams in a back alley brawl, which was kind of disappointing to me because I had spoken about it last week. I had spoken about it last week where they announced a back alley brawl and the promo kind of made it seem like it was going to be taking place outside in a back alley. But this was just a ringside street fight. The match itself I thought was fine. I liked it. There was a masked man causing distractions for Kenny Williams, which eventually led to the end of the match. I don't know who that was. I don't know who it's going to turn out to be. But I was just a little disappointed that it wasn't an actual back alley brawl. And it kind of has me worried because they have the match with Isla Dawn and Mako Satamora for the Women's Championship next week. That... To me, the way it was described almost sounds like it's about to be some sort of Matt Hardy, like multiverse sort of match. But now seeing that, it kind of makes me feel like it's just going to be a ringside match. So whether or not it is, I will find out last uh, last week. Next week, the uh, match after that, we saw Amelia McKenzie pick up the victory over Stevie Turner, which was uh, maybe like uh, under five minutes or so. McKenzie hit the spear to to pick up the victory there, so it was a good win for her. Main event, though, saw Mustache Mountain pick up the victory over Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter in a two-out-of-three falls match to retain the NXT UK Championships, uh, Tag Team Championships, which I thought was a good match. Ashton Smith got the first fall on, on Trent Seven, and then Tyler Bate went on to get the second fall on Ashton Smith. And then there was a really good like near fall finish spot where Smith went, um, he he pushed Trent Seven into Tyler Bate and knocked him off the apron, rolled him up for a pin. Last second, Trent Seven kicks out, and then Trent Seven ends up sending Carter into Ashton Smith, and rolls Carter up, puts his feet up on the ropes, picks up the victory there. Tyler Bate sees that he cheated, disappointed. And that was the only time that he cheated in the match. I was expecting it to be like throughout the whole match, but either both Mustache Mountain are going to be turning heel or something, or Trent Seven's going to be turning heel. Tyler Bate will be facing him against as a face. I have no idea what's going to happen with that. It seems like I hope that I hope Seven turns heel. It seems like both of them will eventually lead to to heels or whatnot. I don't see that. I. I can't see them splitting up Mustache Mountain, and I, I I really hope that doesn't happen. Well, I mean, they've been together for so long. Yeah, but we've also seen them apart. True. So, I just, I would prefer to Mustache Mountain stick together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was NXT UK moving over to SmackDown. They opened up with the women's championship contract signing for WrestleMania Backlash. Adam Pierce brought Charlotte out and then followed uh, followed by Ronda Rousey. He didn't have the contract at first, and then Drew Gulak, uh, I guess, is now interning for him, so he brought it out. And Gulak went to run a PowerPoint presentation to explain the rules of an I Quit match, which Charlotte 
quickly shut that down, told him to shut up. I was looking forward to a PowerPoint presentation. But she went back and forth with, with Ronda Rousey over whether or not she tapped out at WrestleMania. And then Flair ends up having a kendo stick under the table, tried to use it. Ronda Rousey got it away from her, and then she used it. And she beat her with it, but then Drew Gulak wrestled it away from her. She didn't sign the contract, so he wanted her to sign the contract. And he got hit with a Piper's Pit and also got hit with an arm bar before she signed the contract. She locked the... She was, he was in an arm bar when she was signing the contract. So it was a decent segment. Still not 100% invested in that match. Maybe Gulak could be a special guest ref. I don't know. After that, the first match, we saw Xavier Woods pick up the victory over Butch. Kind of wish this match was shorter. Um, And there's really not much of note from this match. Xavier Woods' new finisher is actually a small package now. The Backwoods. So I thought he was joking when he said that the other week. But it's, it is 100% that. And Butch, obviously, he was pissed after the match. So he took it out on the turnbuckle at first, uh, or the turnbuckle pad, I should say, and then went into the crowd, attacked the security guard, and, and left. Backstage, Aaliyah was with Ricochet complimenting him about defeating everybody and retaining the title for the Intercontinental Championship. Jinder Mahal and Shanky cut him off, and Jinder kind of seemed like he was going to challenge Ricochet to another match and like goaded him into a match only for Shanky to step up for a match. So that'll take place probably next week or so. Uh, And then we saw Gunther pick up the victory over Teddy Goods. Beyond obvious outcome for this. It was just a good showcase match for Gunther. We saw a a video promo package for Zia Lee where she basically said that nobody's worthy of her protection. And now she only has to protect herself and she's only going to protect herself. So it's nice to see that she's being used again. It's nice to see Ali is being used again. There was also a video package later on for Raquel Rodriguez saying that she'll be having a match next week. So that's at least a good thing. We saw Riddle speak to Randy Orton backstage earlier about how happy he was being on SmackDown because he gets to see all his SmackDown friends. And then McIntyre cut him off. And Riddle said that he signed him and Randy Orton up to be lumberjacks for him. And McIntyre said that him and Orton are good. Orton basically agreed to that. Sami Zayn, kind of uh, in the background, uh, looking suspicious. But that doesn't come into play until much later. Match after that, we saw Matt Riddle pick up the victory over Jey Uso, which was a, it was a fun match. Jimmy ends up getting up on the apron. Randy Orton takes him out. And it did distract Matt Riddle in the match, but not... Like, it didn't take him out of the match to where um, Jimmy, uh, where Jay was able to take over. But Jay did get some good moves in there. Um, Riddle, at one point, hit Jay with a huge running knee. And then Jay turns it around, hits him with a super kick, goes up for an Uso splash. Riddle pops his knees up, locks him in for a pin to pick up that victory. After that, Team Bad was interviewed about winning the Tag Team Championships. And uh, right off the bat, I popped to them doing the whole Unity line. Um, 
but they basically said that they don't have any opponents. They don't have competition, which gets interrupted by Natalia and Shayna Baszler, their other WrestleMania opponents who want the titles. And Shayna Baszler pushed Sasha Banks down and Naomi challenged them to take the titles from them. So perhaps that's a match at WrestleMania Backlash. After that, Madcap Moss was backstage working out and Happy Corbin interrupted him and kind of, I guess, basically took credit for Madcap's win last week. And then Corbin wants to be the bigger man and forgive Madcap so he comes back to him. Madcap Moss turned him down. And then went on to defeat Angel Garza. Umberto at one point held Madcap's leg to prevent him from getting back into the ring. But he was able to turn it around and pick up the victory. Afterwards, Happy Corbin came out and attacked Madcap Moss. Then he left with the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Trophy. Decent. After that, Lacey Evans had a promo about her her dad doing a lot of drugs and how she grew up without a mother and how she does her own makeup because she learned from all of that. If you need something done right, you need to do it yourself. And then brought up her amateur wrestling past and how she juggled that with working and everything only to come home and find her father in a a terrible condition for a child to, to see their parents in. So it's an unfortunate uh, upbringing, but she said she's ready for anything. When that'll happen, I'm not sure. Earlier in the night, though, we saw Sami Zayn approach Roman Reigns in the bloodline, where he started off by acknowledging Roman Reigns. I thought that was funny. And then he brought up McIntyre and RK Bro from earlier in the night and said that he heard them say some disrespectful things about Roman's family. So he pitched the bloodline helping him in his match and he'd basically in turn be willing to help Roman out. And I thought it was a a good segment. I thought Sami Zayn was funny. He's like, when when I talked about Chad Gable before, he's like the perfect person to have in in this position. And I thought this was a good segment. But the main event, we had that lumberjack match. And I'm not sure if I've ever seen a Lumberjack match end in a no contest before, but Drew McIntyre versus Sami Zayn ended with a no contest. And uh, we saw, like, Mansoor was a, a Lumberjack, the Viking Raiders, Jinder Mahal, Shanky, Shinsuke Nakamura, RK-Bro, Ridge Holland, and Sheamus, New Day. And uh, the Usos also made their way out. And the Usos ended up attacking RK-Bro during the match. They end up leaving. And it opened for the other Lumberjacks to jump in and brawl with each other. Sami Zayn tried to sneak away, but Drew McIntyre carried him back to the ring. Uh, And when he got back into the ring, when he pushed him back into the ring, he got jumped by the, the heel Lumberjacks. And... McIntyre finally is able to get back into the ring. Sami Zayn sneaks out again. So McIntyre dives out onto all the Lumberjacks. And Sami ran away again. And Adam Pearce came out and made the match again for next week, but in a steel cage match. So Sami Zayn will not be able to run. After the match, Jinder Mahal and Shanky beat down Drew McIntyre and he fought back. Ending SmackDown after a Claymore to Jinder Mahal. Very, very chaotic. 
like I said before, I can't recall seeing a Lumberjack match ending like that. <laughs> but that was SmackDown. going to take a quick break right now, and I'll be right back here on Marking Out. This is Drew Gulak, and you're listening to Marking Out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 585. Gonna talk about AEW Rampage from last week, which kicked off with the Blackpool Combat Club picking up the victory over the Gun Club. Um, Something I thought we'd see for sure was the Blackpool Combat Club coming out together. But they still have their solo entrances, not to skip forward, but they had their solo entrances still on Dynamite as well. William Regal comes out with uh, Wheeler Yuta. Um, But I like this match. I, I liked uh, I liked this match. Billy Gunn took um, Brian Danielson out at one point, and Yuta goes after Billy by himself, and ends up getting hit with the one and only. Kicks out of that, then goes on to reverse the the Famouser to win the match, and I thought that was a big win for Wheeler Yuta and more like more so a big win for him than the Blackpool Combat Club as a whole in my opinion especially since it was him who broke the Gun Club record I wish they mentioned something like that on on Dynamite this week I can't remember if they did after that we saw the Butcher pick up the victory over Barrett Brown which was just a hype up Butcher's match on Dynamite I don't see how a match against a smaller guy shows that he could beat up Wardlow, though. So I would have preferred for it to be like a, a bigger opponent, perhaps. After that, we got a promo from Dustin Rhodes where he spoke about Lance Archer and taking him out of the top five. And then he challenged CM Punk because it's a dream match of his. And I was pretty excited to hear that match announced for Dynamite. That was probably the only match I was looking forward to for Dynamite. We saw Ruby Soho pick up the victory over Robin Renegade to advance in the Owen Hart tournament. Or to, to ad- advance into the, the Owen Hart tournament. Uh, and I like this match. I thought it was a really good spot for Robin. I think this match should have been on Dynamite last week or this week even. The biggest spot from this was the twin magic spot where Robin switched with Charlotte multiple times. And I'm a big fan of the twin magic spot. She was able to reverse the senton only to get hit with the riot kick and then rolls out of the ring, switches back with with Robin. And then Robin got the loss. I thought it was a, a perfect spot. I, I, I think I said lost just now I meant loss <laughs> but I think it was a perfect spot for for the Renegade Twins so uh, I thought that, I thought that was fun after that and also I mean that to me it almost embodies the spirit of one portion of Owen Hart I feel like that's something he would if he was a twin he'd have that uh, but the main event of Rampage saw Adam Hangman Page pick up the victory over Adam Bebe Cole in a Texas death match to retain the AW Championship. 
I wish this wasn't a Texas death match because we literally, we saw it recently, way too recently. But I did like some of the spots. I liked where Adam Page went to the top rope with a chair. Adam Cole goes for a super kick to reverse that. And uh, Page held on. He scouted the move. And then he hits the moonsault with the chair. I like that. Adam Cole also attached a chain to the top rope and was able to to use that to clothesline Adam Page with. I thought that was a nice spot. I thought the ending of this match was dumb. Because the dead eye clearly puts Adam Page's knees to the table and doesn't look like it should have had more of an effect on Adam Cole than it did Adam Page. And also... The internet kind of uh, kind of turned on AEW over there at the closing spot where they put a barbed wire crown on his head, on Adam Cole's head for Good Friday. I don't know if they didn't think that was going to be offensive to people who were celebrating like Easter this past weekend. I I mean, I don't really care about that, but I know the internet was was kind of ticked off at that moment because I mean it's Good Friday. It's supposed to be a a holy holiday, I think. Um, I assume. But we also had a, another edition of AEW Battle of the Belts that took place on Saturday. Sammy Guevara picked up the victory over Scorpio Sky to become the new the three time TNT champion. I don't get that at all. The fans were not behind Sammy, which I don't know how that happened out of nowhere. Um, Ethan Page at one point saved Scorpio Sky, and Sammy ended up jumping out of the ring onto both of them. And then Sammy at one point got super lucky. He slipped off of a springboard move, but was still able to hit the cutter. That could have been a little bit, uh, a little worse if if i mean obviously if something else if he didn't catch that move or whatever but dan lambert got involved ty conti got involved Paige van zant got involved and then scorpio sky ends up poking sammy guevara in the eyes in front of the referee the referee then i i guess forgets about the match for a quick second to to look at Paige van zant and ty conti on the outside and Sammy hits a low blow on Scorpio Sky and picks up the victory off of that. And then Sammy and Ty Conti make out on the ramp. People booed. I didn't get it at all. I don't think Sammy Guevara needed the title. After that, for the Ring of Honor Championship, Jonathan Gresham retained over Dalton Castle with the returning boys to his side. But I was super pumped for this match. The crowd was beyond dead for this. For most of it, I should say. And the match had some very sloppy spots. It had some very goofy spots. Um, and I was disappointed by this match. Jonathan Gresham made uh, Dalton Castle tap out and retained as expected. But I had very, very high hopes for that match. And I was not... Um, I was not, I was very disappointed with that. After that, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh made their way out 
Satnam Singh took out the boys. He took out Dalton Castle. He gets in the ring. He distracts Jonathan Gresham while Jay Lethal hits that cutter. And then Sat, which made no sense to me. Then Satnam Singh choked and slammed Jonathan Gresham over and over again. Lee Moriarty tries to make the save. Matt Seidel tries to make the save. That I all thought was dumb. And then Samoa Joe finally comes out with a pipe. And the giant, the monster, couldn't have gotten out of the ring faster. He's supposed to be this giant monster and runs from a pipe that Samoa Joe. He had a three-on-one situation. A three-on-one with a pipe situation. And he ran. He got out of the ring as quick as possible. I thought that hurts all his credibility as a monster. Samoa Joe ends up hitting Sanjay Dutt with the pipe on the way out of the ring. And then Samoa Joe celebrates with Jonathan Gresham, Lee Moriarty, Matt Seidel. You don't hear anything about this on on Dynamite. You hear about the storyline, but you don't hear about this part. After that, the main event saw Thunder Rosa pick up the victory over Nyla Rose to retain the AEW Women's Championship. If I'm not mistaken, a lot of this match seemed to have taken place outside of the ring. Uh, And I saw people trash this match online, especially like people that were in attendance were like, boy, they're going to have to do some heavy editing. I don't know if that's the case that actually happened when they aired Battle of the Belts, but I thought it was an okay match. I definitely would have closed with the TNT match, though. Prior to the event, I said I would have said that they should have closed with the Ring of Honor match, but that was unfortunate. Uh, moving on to AEW Dynamite this week, live in Britsburg. We saw CM Punk pick up the victory over Dustin Rhodes to open the match, uh, to open the show. And like I said before, I was very much so looking forward to this match on on Dynamite. Even though I knew CM Punk, you, you go into this, you know CM Punk's walking out as the, the winner here. You know Dustin's not winning. But at one point, Dustin ends up, uh, well, CM Punk moves out of the way and Dustin Rhodes ends up flying out of the ring and injures his knee. So that became a factor throughout the whole match where CM Punk worked Dustin Rhodes' knee the whole match. And Dustin, he did continue to hit some good moves. But after he gets out of the G- the GTS and goes for a pin, CM Punk ends up holding on to Dustin's legs and and reverses the pin to, to pick up the victory there. I thought all in all it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Hangman Adam Page came out afterwards and just went he went face to face with CM Punk, I guess, to signify that, yeah, sure, you're next. After that, the Blackpool Combat Club picked up the victory over Dante Martin, Brock Anderson, and Lee Moriarty. When I watched this match, I had absolutely no idea how it made any sense whatsoever that Darius Martin wasn't in this match. Because Top Flight returned, and they had this huge return for him. And then we haven't seen him on television in like a month. Come, comes out the very, very last second this week now that Darius Martin is unfortunately injured. I don't know when he was injured. I don't know what's injured. I don't know when he's coming back. 
if they knew that he was injured and couldn't compete, I wish they like told us or gave us clarity as to why Dante Martin was just randomly teaming up without him. But I really hope that Darius makes a full recovery and that he's good. Again, I have no idea what the timetable on that is. But I I think from this match, Lee Moriarty shined the most. And it was just another match to put the the Blackpool Combat Club over. Uh, After that, we saw a backstage promo from the... Uh, the ultimate elite no the undisputed elite um and adam cole pitched a 10-man tag for next week which we later find out that it's going to be the varsity blondes brock anderson lee moriarty and dante martin after that it was time for tony khan's major announcement which uh, earlier in the day kind of leaked out that on June 26th, there's going to be most likely an AEW and New Japan pro wrestling event at the United Center in Chicago. Tony Khan comes out, brings out the president of New Japan pro wrestling, and everyone's like, oh, well, duh, obviously this is about to be the announcement. But Adam Cole cuts this off and announces the actual June 26th show at the United Center. And then Adam Cole's going to be facing Ishii on Rampage for the Owen Cup. That's cool. Adam Cole passes it over to Jay White. Tony Khan sells the music hit as if like he's... That was the goofiest selling of a music hit I've ever seen. (laughs) But Jay White came out and he spoke about Madison Square Garden and G1 Supercard and how big of an event that was. He spoke about Bullet Club and Undisputed Elite kind of pointless and I really hate the name that it's AEW New Japan Forbidden Door I will say this to my dying breath in pro wrestling that the Forbidden Door is 100% impact wrestling it's never it's never AEW it never was it was always impact impact worked with all the companies that they don't have contracts for this is a partnership They, they, they agreed to a partnership it's not a Forbidden Door they use Spider-Man No Way Home graphics to plug the show as well. The whole, uh, the little portal that Doctor Strange can do, that's their forbidden door. After that, also I thought it was kind of like they made the announcement like less special by cutting the, the president off of New Japan. You flew him in and that's what happened. After that, Jade Cargill spoke about um, her versus Marina Shafir on Rampage Red Velvet and Kiara Hogan were with her 100% officially in the baddie section now still don't understand Red Velvet being with Jade Cargill they they did feud 100% they feuded match after that saw Wardlow pick up the victory over the Butcher earlier in the night Smart Mark Sterling informed Wardlow of some conditions of him being there One which was, he had to be handcuffed while he was there. So, Wardlow comes to the ring in all cuffs, being surrounded by security guards. Much so like Kane, back when he first unmasked. Kind of not, I mean, also Goldberg. Goldberg wasn't chained up, but it was very reminiscent of Goldberg. 
and the fans could easily chant Wardlow, how Goldberg's name is. Um, and I guess even like further back before that, you could even kind of, again, Kane was for a different reason, as was Sabu. Sabu kind of had this sort of situation where he had security unlock him. I'm not saying Wardlow has the same exact thing where it's like he's crazy, but it, because it's not, we know the stipulation why he's cuffed. But Wardlow basically just destroyed the Butcher. Again, that match from Rampage didn't do Butcher any justice. And uh, you, you went into this knowing Butcher wasn't winning. I thought it was a good way to put Wardlow over, though. And after the match, they cuff him. They bring him back up the ramp. MJF was interviewed later on and paid Jake Roberts... And Lance Archer comes out, slaps the money out of Jake's hand, and he, he doesn't care about the money. He wants the fight. So the next battle will be Wardlow versus Lance Archer. Lance Archer, again, coming off of uh, a, a loss against Dustin Rhodes. So there's I, I don't know if we're going to see like some sort of build-up match between Lance Archer and someone else. But uh, that's the next match for him. After that, we saw Kyle O'Reilly pick up the victory over Jungle Boy to advance in the Owen Hart or advance to the Owen Hart uh, tournament. To me, this match kind of dragged a lot. And I went into this thinking Jungle Boy would move on, but I'm definitely fine with Kyle O'Reilly winning this. Uh, And then Jungle Boy apologized to Christian afterwards. So maybe we'll see some sort of development there where Christian ends up turning on Jurassic Express or vice versa, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, match after that saw Hook's Dynamite debut match where he picked up the victory over Anthony Henry. Smart Mark and Tony Nese were ringside scouting this. And it was a normal Hook match. Nothing wrong with that. Danhausen showed up to, to curse Hook. And again, obviously nothing happened. And ultimately, he ends up challenging him to a match. So, I guess Danhausen's first match is going to be against Hook, perhaps? But then uh, Excalibur says, let's go to the back with Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. And it cuts to the back, and it's Frankie Kazarian talking about the TNT Championship, I think. If I remember correctly. So that part was spoiled because then Scorpio Sky cuts him off just to ask Frankie Kazarian to like, you know, uh, maybe you could hold off a little bit so I could so I could do it one more time. How that makes sense for Frankie Kazarian, I have no idea. Now all of a sudden Scorpio Sky is cool with SCU. Seems like he's a face again. I don't I still do not understand that. And that led into Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti coming out. They both basically said stay mad or be mad or whatever it is. And then Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Dan Lambert made their way out. Told Sammy to screw himself. Ethan Page yelled. And then Dan Lambert told Sammy to give Scorpio Sky a rematch. Or the men of the year will go to the ring beat him up. And Sammy said he'll give him the match if Dan Lambert gives them the mixed match that they want. And then it's Sammy announced it's going to be a random ladder match next week against Scorpio Sky. This whole segment, this whole storyline, I'm not understanding at all. 
I don't get it at all. After that, they aired a video of Thunder Rosa. She just basically wants to to face the best and most experienced wrestlers. I don't know who she's going to be ending up against next. But I'm looking forward to her next feud for sure. After that, they aired a House of Black vignette where they showed... Um, it was Buddy Matthews and Brody talking for most of it. And uh, Malachi Black came in. They're, they're owed a debt, and they're going to collect it next week. Don't know if that's going to be something with Fuego Del Sol and Dark Order. I don't remember them being mentioned at all. Match after that saw Britt Baker making her return to television. Uh, picking up the victory over Danielle Camella to advance to the Owen Hart Memorial Tournament. Formerly Vanessa Bourne in NXT, if you didn't notice that, by the way. If you didn't know that, I should say. But Britt Baker came out with some of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and I think, a, for me at least, it felt like a majority of this match took place during the commercial break. But when we did see them on the, the television in non-commercial break form, Camella ends up choking Britt Baker with a rally towel. Britt overcomes that, locks in the lockjaw while using a uh, Steelers glove to, to pick up the victory there. Something that I've complained about almost seemingly every single time that they have an Owen Hart match is what they plug during these matches. They did it before during Kyle O'Reilly and and uh, Jungle Boy. Nobody cares about AEW Dark Results or the mobile game. Focus on the match. They didn't verbally say it this time. They didn't verbally say stuff during that match. This match, they plugged a Girls Gone Wild show. It's supposed to be this like prestigious tournament. You care so much about Owen Hart and his legacy. But folks, we gotta plug Girls Gone Wild. Why not do that during a different match if you have to plug that show? I thought that was awful. I thought that was so dumb. But after that, Britt Baker cuts a promo, running down the other competitors in the tournament, brings up Tony Storm, brings up the cake from, from Charlotte Flair and SmackDown, where Tony Storm left WWE not, not far after that. Not a strong promo, in my opinion. Uh, and then one of the Steelers tried to hijack the mic and use it, which I thought was very bizarre. After that, we got a video package for Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida, basically just leading to a Philly street fight next week where I hope Hikaru Shida wins. We just saw a street fight. Texas Deathmatch, street fight, basically the same thing. Match after that, the main event, also kind of similar to a street fight. With a different rule, Darby Allen picked up the victory over Andrade in a coffin match where it very quickly turned into a mess. AFO was ringside. They were helping Almas in this. Sting did the mask gimmick. And then he beats up the Blade. He beats up Mark Quinn. And they brawled throughout the whole match. I think the one spot that I really liked from this match was Almas when uh, when Andrade had uh, Darby in the, in the coffin. He pulls him out of it and walks backwards up the ramp to hit the suplex. And I thought that was a really nice spot. 
but Andrade's assistant ran down to try to stop Darby Allen from winning the match. Rips off his clothes for some reason. <laughs> and uh, and stops, tries to stop that, only to be slammed on the lid of the, the, the coffin, which had thumbtacks all over it. Very anticlimactic ending. I think maybe they could have had an overrun for this match. Perhaps rather than last week, because last week was just like pure garbage. This week, I think, needed more time for this match. And Darby Allen picks up the victory. I think Andrade needs to win more than Darby Allen. Darby Allen, to me, in AEW is already a very made name. And Andrade, they've done almost nothing with. But after that, the Hardy Boys came out, did the delete taunt. And clap for Darby Allen and Sting. I don't know if that's them challenging Darby Allen and Sting. I did not understand why they were put out there. So, but that's AEW. Hey, Brandon. Got any shout outs? Hi, this is Casey Kasem. And up next on the American Top 40, Brandon shout out. The first shout out goes to Roxanne Perez versus Sloan Jacobs from last week's NXT Level Up, which was Roxy's debut. We Obviously, we just spoke about it earlier about NXT, where she debuted on NXT television, but she had her first match on NXT Level Up or whatever, WWE Level Up. I think it's NXT Level Up. And I thought that was really cool. We saw Jacobs debut a few weeks ago already, but... I really enjoyed seeing both of them in a WWE ring. I'm very happy for both of them. And I'm really pumped for more Roxy in WWE. So, yeah, that's that. that's really cool. I mean, and who knows with Roxy now that she's on NXT, if like how often she's going to be on there now. Well, I feel like Level Up is one of those. It's, it's a TV show that's connected to NXT. So it's definitely NXT that's Level true. Up. So. That's and it, so it's a it good place happen. to have them where it's like the, the lesser known people. They get out there, they get matches. So yeah. next shout out is going to Blackish, which uh, they had their series finale this week after eight years, eight uh, seasons. I've never watched it, but I always hear that it's really funny. Yeah. When it first came on, the a big selling point was Anthony Anderson. And I, I really like Anthony Anderson. So I tuned in for that. And overall, the the cast, I think, worked so well together. It got two spinoff shows, one mixed-ish, which got canceled, I think, after two seasons, which I would have preferred to to keep going. But And then they also have uh, Grownish, which is still going. So that'll be the only spinoff now. The only show of, of Blackish still going will be Grownish, and that airs on uh, Freeform. Uh, and then you could probably most uh, watch most of uh, Blackish on Disney Plus for now. I don't think season eight will be up until I don't know months from now. But I, I like the show. And then the last shout out is going to the national parks and historic sites all around the United States. Now that it's spring, I think people should definitely check some of those places out. We don't have any national parks in New York, but we have a ton of historical places to visit. One that I've spoken about on the show a a few times, Sagamore Hill, was the home of Teddy Roosevelt. It's such a nice place to visit, especially with the spring er, uh, spring era. (laughs) 
<laughs> the spring air <laughs> and weather. I guess I was going to say air and weather, and it turned into era. Yeah, well, that was an error. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, no, I totally I think that everybody should get out, go for a hike, go for a walk. Yeah, Earth Day uh, happened this week, so. Yeah, check out what's out there, you know? Explore. Yeah, and uh, those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for our... is right our marked out moment of the week do you have any yeah my mark out moment of the of the week (laughs) of the week is that it is chris's birthday week so uh happy birthday to our very own chris um it is his birthday week so that is definitely something to be marking out over (laughs) Uh, you know, I think that that is always mark out worthy. Something else that I marked out over this week was the announcement of AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling, their uh, combo show, um, the Forbidden Door. You know, a little bit overused with the Forbidden Uh, Door. I spoke about it earlier. It's not a Forbidden Door. It's not. (laughs) <laughs> it's just not and um, i said it earlier again impact wrestling that is the true forbidden door a hundred percent you're never going to change my mind on that so yeah but yeah I, I wish this was taking place at the garden exactly you know i i think that we are going to get a lot of really good matchups uh exciting matchups too i was telling you i i just hope that we don't have a fully loaded card where it has to it's happen. one of those sh- but like one of those shows that goes like past eleven thirty at night, going towards twelve o'clock, like the first original AEW shows where uh, they were just poorly time managed. I, I think all um, the AEW shows go till like midnight. And this, this is, I think, this I feel is like an hour. Not... This is an hour beforehand too. So yeah, I feel like it's not as bad as it used to be. But I'm I just hope that sure it's all. Do. I don't know. I just hope that it's well maintained and. I'm excited for it. It's what about you? Unfortunate that um, two years ago we were supposed to get New Japan Wrestle Dynasty at Madison Square Garden, and then COVID hit, and they're like, "Sorry, we'll come eventually, but sorry." And then two years later, nothing, yeah. still nothing. So I was would have preferred for Madison Square Garden to be the host of quote unquote Forbidden Door, but mm-hmm. yeah, that would be cool. But yeah, there's a, a lot of matchups that people are looking forward to. I spoke about it earlier as well. We're already getting some sort of New Japan and AEW aspect. We had, I mean, if you're listening to this on the weekend, we had it this week. Adam Cole and Ishii. Or that's next week. I don't remember at this point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're getting bits and pieces here and there. So it should be fun to to look forward to that. Uh, yeah, I think get... I think that you know I want to see like Tamatanga and stuff like that, and um, you know go to. I think that it's going to be it has a lot of potential, a lot of potential. Uh, speaking of a lot of potential, I don't know how much they're going to live up to it, but WWE 2K 
22 released a patch this week, which was like a huge nine gig over nine gig uh, patch. And they unexpectedly gave us the NXT 2.0 arena. So with everything that's wrong with the game and everything that just doesn't work for me, I think it's really cool that they gave us this arena, even though it's not fully like a hundred percent accurate to what the actual arena looks like. It, is definitely my favorite arena that's in the game right now. And I hope that because they did this, we'll eventually get more uh, free DLC things from patches and stuff. So I, I hope that, that we'll get that. Uh, something else that I marked out over, I ended up, I was looking at, so they announced um, Dash Wilder versus, um, well, Dash Wilder, Dax Harwood versus Cash Wheeler for the Owen Hart tournament next week. So I was looking up Cash Wheeler's match history and I went to the very bottom of his match history and I discovered that as a trio marking out, we went and saw him face VSK of all people. I had no idea (laughs) at PWS refused to lose back in May 2012. Wow. And that absolutely blew my mind seeing that not only like VSK, I saw the name. I'm like, that makes no sense. Did you send that to Chris? Yeah. That's wild. And and then, and then to see, um, Wheeler, I was like, holy crap. I would have never, I would have not never in a million years remembered that. Cause that was just a a random back to look at this. What? What made you go back to look at this? I, I said, I was looking up because uh, FTR will be facing each other in the Owen Hart tournament next week. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to see like at what point that they started teaming with each other and if they ever... Uh, like... So you, just, you were just diving back into the, the the record books a little bit. Yeah. And I went That's to the really very cool. first page and that was there. I was like, PWS? This can't be the same PWS. And then I saw VSK. <laughs> I was like, this can't be the same VSK. <laughs> That's funny. I thought that was really crazy. So it really, it truly blew my mind seeing that. Yeah. So, well, that is episode 585. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Make sure you go check out all of the past episodes. Make sure you tell your friends, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, buy a t-shirt. Yes. And on TikTok. Go buy a t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. And also, once again, go wish Chris a very happy birthday. We wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors.